Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses, a gym, online counseling and nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no-nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Okay, family, friends, and strangers, thanks for joining me again on the Monday Matters with Holly Cochran podcast. And I'm so excited for you to get to have an interview today with my friend, Jill Stinson. And before you get to meet her and have a conversation with her, I just need you to know that I am standing here in my new office that I'm bragging about every day. I'm standing here living my best life these days. And I give a whole, a whole lot of credit and gratitude to the woman that I am about to interview. And I don't know that if she truly knows just how much she has pushed me to being here and living this best life. But I have been kind of grappling with the fact that maybe my career as a CrossFit coach was evolving and coming to a little bit of a, a little bit of an end. Not, I'm not ending it, but there was more. I've, there was a calling that I needed to do more And one day Jill phoned me and said, will you hang out with this kid? Well, like, will you counsel this kid? And I was like, "Eh, I'm not really doing that anymore, but I really love doing that. So sure, sure I will. And it was the most amazing push for me, Jill. I don't know if you know this or not, but that relationship that I developed, that's, it was not this August, but the August before reminded me of just how rewarding it was to be a part of somebody's journey when they are making those, flipping those switches and becoming a healthier version of themselves. And it was such a rewarding experience on my part that there was no way I was ever charging for it. Every single time that kid showed up here, I knew that it was for me, not for her. So it was the push I needed to register as a social worker again, which I made Jill write the reference letter for. And once I got that designation, then I moved forward. And now I am doing what I love to do every day, combining it with coaching. So truly, if it wasn't for you, that phone call and the push and your reference letter, I would not be living my best life. So thank you and welcome to the Monday Matters podcast, Jill. Thanks so much. That was such a nice introduction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I am honored and a little bit humbled uh or over a lot humbled to be here with you. So thanks so much Holly for asking me to do this. So Jill and I both have social work degrees and then left social work to be involved in fitness for a while. So can you just tell us how that transformed? Like how do you go from working um, in a government position with health benefits and a pension plan to driving around a van full of kettlebells. What happens in that? Um, Yeah, I know. It sounds crazy. And even when I think about it still today, um, I sometimes have to pinch myself that, wow, I actually did that. Um, I know at the time when I was making those decisions, I'm pretty sure my entire family thought I was nuts as well. But um, so I guess I guess where that part of my journey came into play was um, I had uh, been doing social work for what felt like 
um, a very long time in a field where um, you don't see a lot of people survive as long as I had been surviving in it. Um, and I, a big reason or a big piece of why I had lasted those almost, I think it was eight years, um, was because of what I was doing outside of that. And that was my journey in the health and and mm-hmm. fitness industry and more specifically the fitness piece of it um I was very much so actively involved in in the gym and really had developed like a passion for um wanting others to feel and fall in love with um going to the gym being in a gym environment um learning that you had or embracing that you had the complete capacity and complete control um, to be responsible for your own body and for your own health and your own strength. Um, And I wanted to share that. And so I had started kind of a side hustle um, while I was a social worker. And it was just my, um, you know, becoming a personal trainer and kind of doing stuff before 7am and then after 5pm on my weekends. And, um, and was kind of doing it all. And then I started to notice a shift in what I once loved doing, what I once woke up every day and was motivated to make that commute to Fort Capel and do that drive and, and look forward to being in that environment, um, was really much so shifting to more of a love and a passion for getting up at 4 a.m. and running classes and being part of that gym environment. And I'd always told myself that if I'd ever came to a point in which I woke up and I dreaded what I was supposed to do that day, that that was my sign or my signal that I needed to make a change. Um, no, I didn't know. Can I just was. interject there? Where do you think that brilliance came from? Because not everybody has that self-awareness to know that you can't just begrudgingly go through the motions every day. I feel like that's a higher level of intellect. Or was it ingrained? Or did somebody share it with you and say that's not how you're supposed to live life? Where do you think it comes from where you just knew you shouldn't be getting up and hating what you're doing every day? Yeah. Um, you know, that's actually a really good question. I, I think a big piece of that came from just how I grew up. Um, I, like I, I, I see, I watched my mom my entire life. I was raised by a single mom and she worked very hard to make sure that we, um, had the best childhood and the best lifestyle that we possibly could within her means. But at the same time, she didn't love what she did. She did it as a means of survival. And, and I saw the impact that had on her. And so I remember growing up and being like, I don't ever want for as much as I respected and admired my mom for those types of strengths. I didn't ever want to have to just be going through life surviving or trying to make ends meet or doing everything for everybody else without ever getting anything back for me internally in return. So I mean, a big piece probably came from that. Um, on the flip side of that, I, my the my father, um, who is a huge part of my life, came back into my life in my teens, and he had the mentality that when you know if something wasn't working, then change it. Um, and so I think a little, I got a little bit of that from him. That like, um, you know, you can you can you can live your best life and have all the things that you want to have if you're willing to, um, like you just have to find what that thing that have that passion so that you'll continue to do it and you'll continue to strive for it. So 
I, I just, I may, maybe that's where I got it from was those two people. I also, um, have always just felt like there was like, I wanted to just do all the things I wanted to do the big things. I wanted to be somebody and more than just, um, like a government employee or more than just like a name on a paycheck. And, um, as I got more and more into the fitness industry and, uh, I started to really like believe in myself. Like I was good at what I was doing and yeah. I was helping people and I was seeing that I was helping people in a different way than the way I was supposed to be helping people at my social work job. And it didn't mean that I wasn't helping people anymore at that job, but it wasn't the same kind of reward that I was getting from, um, yeah. from what I was feeling in the gym. Right. Yeah. So I remember making that decision. Um, I had slowly started to, decrease my time at my full-time job. Um, and I didn't just like wake up one morning and be like, that's it. I'm handing in the permanent secure job. I'm giving up my pension. I'm giving up my paycheck. You know, like there goes my degree. I'm still paying my student loan off on a degree that I'm quitting. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, you know, all those things. But over a period of time, probably around like a, it was a season change for sure. It was a fall and a winter kind of lots of exploration, looking at, can I make this work? What am I going to need to do to give up that kind of security and still um, have the same lifestyle, if not better, and, and what that meant for my family? Um, and so, yeah, I slowly made sure I had things in place, but it was just, it was right before Christmas. It was honestly, I still remember the day I gave my resignation. It was December 22nd, and I just sent a letter and said, this is my official notice. I am I am out. <laughs> get I'm giving my seniority up I am out and I am going to go full force full steam ahead into trying to make a full-time career out of uh out of my gym so um and I did that for six years straight and then here yep. we are today and things have drastically changed again <laughs> so tell me about your health throughout that transition so tell me about the physical health the mental health tell me about the how was your health while you were trying to balance those two, trying to find that, you know, joy in life? What was, what would you say is that, it, what were you doing to be healthy in all the ways then? Honestly, I probably wasn't doing all the things to mm -hmm. be to have that balance of health. And I, I just didn't understand it then. And I, I look back now and I know, like for me, I thought, you know, as long as I was working out, I was healthy. Um, and the, you know, I, nutrition's always been a big piece of my lifestyle, but I come from a, um, a bodybuilding history. So my idea and level of nutrition was very much so skewed in the sense that like I lived a very structured, restricted kind of right. nutritional yeah. outlook, right? Um, but so, I mean, all the, there was lots of things that once I transitioned from giving up my social work job and getting into the fitness industry, and I thought this will be great. Now I have all this time to be this really healthy person, right? Because I'm going to be in the gym every day and I'm going to be lifting weights and all those kind of things. Um, it was really eye-opening for how much of those the, the other components I had been neglecting or mm -hmm. I had been sacrificing um, or I just didn't even have the knowledge, right? At that point, right. I didn't understand how important sleep was until I finally had the ability to actually sleep. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, 
And, and yeah, you, you know, don't know what you don't know. And you don't know how bad you feel yeah. until you start to feel better. I tell people that all the time when they think that they don't have stress or they think that they're feeling great or they don't think they need to change their diet. And yet they could feel better. They just, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And I'll think too, like I thought I was doing all the right things, right? Staying super structured on my diet, grinding day and night. I like, I didn't, I didn't feel great, but I didn't feel horrible, but that's because I didn't know what feeling great felt like. So for me, this was, this was the baseline. And, um, I wrote that out for quite a few years. Um, and I think sometimes to the looking from the outside in, I mean, everybody was, wow, like it's, you know, you so proud of you for chasing your dreams and you're just like, you're grinding day and night and you're making it happen. And it looks fabulous. Right. But I mean, you can relate, Holly, that behind the scenes of trying to run a health and fitness business, there's a lot of things that go into it um, that aren't necessarily conducive to positive health, right? The lack yeah. of sleep, the amount of stress, the, you know, the days in which we're, we're not putting ourselves first, where we're sacrificing our own movement, where we're sacrificing our own nutrition because we're just so focused on helping everybody else. And right. so- Um, but during that time, during that six years, that period, I really, there was a lot of moments in which, um, those not feeling great started to really catch up with me. Um, and that's where I really started to having, like, you take a step back and look at like, okay, there's more to being healthy than just being strong in the gym. Um, and that includes, um, not necessarily being in the gym every day. And that was, um, kind of where I had to really take like a step back and kind of reevaluate what I was wanting to do with my business going forward and what kind of message and brand I wanted going forward. Because up to that point, it had been like, um, all about, you know, just make sure you get in the gym every day, make sure you eat your chicken and beans and drink (laughs) water. And you know, it's okay if you, you want us to achieve your goals, you need to grind. And that's all there is to it. And there should be no excuses. And I, I, I lived that mentality for a long time. And that was my brand for a long time. And, um, but I think also why I have lasted so long in this industry and, um, is because I've always been open to evolving with. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think your ability, your ability to pivot, to shift and to be open to learning has been, is one of your superpowers that like I listen to you, you know, on social media or when you are talking about how things are changing in your world. And it just always sounds like growth, always willing and being open to growing and saying, I used to do it that way, but that's actually not working for me anymore. And so I'm okay to change. That's a big piece that many people struggle to do. Like if it's been what I've been doing for this long, I don't know. Changing seems like that's a big, scary deal. And I always value how willing to be open to growth you are. So tell me about the shift now. So you realize, okay, maybe I'm not air quotes here, healthy in all the ways. What was the next piece after you realized, okay, I need to not be in the gym all the time, but what else? Um, I think a big piece for me was uh, taking a step back. And for a lot of people, 
and I see that with a lot of my clients, even like when they tell me, okay, tell me about what your lifestyle is like, right? And the first thing I hear is you're doing too much, right? Like you're literally doing too much. Um, And uh, for me, a big step was um, kind of like hitting that wall. And by, I don't want to say I was forced into taking a step back, but things started to crumble a little bit. My physical health started to crumble. My mental health started to crumble. I had gut health issues that were coming out of nowhere. Um, And I mean, looking back now, they weren't coming out of nowhere. I know now exactly why I was dealing with those things between, you know, that constant grind. It catches up with you. So for me, a big shift was when I started to kind of take a step back. I removed myself from some of the things that I had been doing, such as like, I let go of a facility that I had been working at and um, I decreased my client lists and I cut my classes back um, right up into the point where like I literally took a leave, right? Like I shut my gym gym down for 60 days just because, you know, for as terrifying as those things are when you're running a business, um, I really recognize that like if I didn't start making some of those adjustments, um, that shutdown wouldn't just be temporary. Like it would potentially be, it would potentially be the end of everything if I didn't start making some of those changes that I needed and started to focus in a little bit more on myself. Um, it was very hard for me to be at peace with the idea that it was okay for me to take care of myself, just like I took care of my business and everybody within it and around it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, being able to say, no, I can't do that. Or, Hey, I'm having like a really off, off day. I need a, you know, I need, I I need a break from this today. I, I, or whatever it might be. Right. And, um, cause I think I, you know, grew up in an era where like being vulnerable was like a sign of weakness for a really right. long time. Right? And you'd been working really hard at not being weak. And that's just it. Right. Like, and so that was a huge shift in that mindset that I really had to work on. And it took me, like, it still sometimes takes me, I can feel those old thoughts creeping up, right? Um, so it took me a while, it took me years to be able to get to a point where I was comfortable enough to, like, A, be vulnerable about, hey, I'm feeling pretty burnt out. I need to, I need to change some things up right now. Um, and also just be, like, okay and comfortable that, like, people will still be okay with who I am if I am not who I once was. Right. Right. And, um, you know, people that care about you and, and value what it is you have to say, will understand that you're human and you need a break or you need to focus on your own self care for a little while. So. um, I often have people that come in here asking me what they need to do. What do I need to do to be healthier? What do I need to do to be healthier? And sometimes, I mean, when you start talking to them about what, their situation is like, or what their lifestyle is like, it becomes very clear. They need to do less. I don't want to give you a list of things you need to do and the macros you need to eat and the workouts you need to accomplish and the, you know, the meditation. I'm not going to give you anything that you need to do because we can only do so much. And that's a piece of advice that I think you and I have had to learn the hard way on more than one occasion that sometimes trying to figure out what I need to do is the opposite. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to do nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, especially for people like me and you who are, we, I mean, we thrive on that rush. We thrive on that 
busyness and that pressure and that, you know, that, that drive. And so it's hard for us sometimes, I think, especially for me to, um, know that I need to slow down. However, I will say that, you know, I've, I've been in this industry for 15 years now and I'm getting close to, I'm almost in my forties. And I now feel like I'm at a point where like, I know I can now recognize that, you know what, I have been going pretty hard for the last three months straight. I need a break. Right. Yeah. uh, And, and I'm okay with that. So I need to start programming those types of things, slowing down into my journey because that's just a piece of it. Right. And I think once people start to recognize that, just like you, when people come to me and they're like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. It's not working. What do you suggest? And the first thing I say is for the next, you know, for the next five days, I literally don't want you to do any of that. Just don't do any of that for five days and then come tell me how you feel after five days. Yes. Tell me yep. how you feel mentally after five days because, yeah, you're probably like, oh, my God, I missed the gym. I missed my routine. But take note of how you're feeling physically. Are you sleeping better? Are you going to the bathroom better? Are you less sore? Is your appetite different? Like just those little things because we're letting your body not have to be in survival mode 24-7, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also think people have been living in survival mode for quite some time this over this last three years. So I agree that I feel like is the new, there's like a shift right now in the health and fitness industry. And it's the result of what we've all gone through the last three years. And, and people are becoming more and more comfortable with, you know what? Like I'm, I, it's okay for me to yeah. slow down. It's okay for me to change what I was once doing. Right. So um, I remember a few years ago before COVID feeling the, feeling the burnout feeling. And it was, it was getting close when, for me, it's always the tears start to well up in my eyes, just at the littlest things that when I, when I'm about to cry over nothing all day long, yeah. that's my, that's my indication, my trigger or whatever it is. And so I will take what I call my wellness day. And I just tell my classes, I'm not coming to class tomorrow. I'm not getting up. I need a day or sometimes two. And I talk about it with my gym and I know people nod their heads like they're understanding, but I don't know that they were like a wellness day. Really? Like you're not even sick and you're just going to take a day off work. Must be nice to be the business owner kind of deal. Like the rest of us, we have to use one of our sick days. If we're not sick, I'm not using a sick day. Those sorts of attitudes about my wellness day that I would take. And since COVID, I feel there's been a bit more of a shift almost to the point where I'm like, okay, we, we all just need to get back to work for like five days in a row. Let's string them together. (laughs) But I do feel like it's something that people are becoming more aware of. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. And, um, I think because more and more people like yourself and myself and, and, and you see it more often now, like in social media and stuff where people are like talking more openly about, Hey, I'm struggling. I need a day. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's becoming okay now. Whereas a few years ago, you would have heard somebody say that. I mean, people might've been like, Oh, they can't keep up or this is why yeah. the business isn't going to succeed. Right. So the whole, the whole minds, there's like a, a shift in perspective of how people are viewing, you know, health and, and wellness overall. And the, the, I guess, in quotations, the leaders, right. That yeah. Are influencing that, um, are, are encouraging that on a, like on a different level now. So no, I, yeah, that would kind of be 
you know, getting back to what you had asked was like where, like what I had learned throughout that, like that was the biggest thing for me was that understanding that like it was okay to not go all the time. And I really had to accept that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Awesome. And so you, now you're back to being driving into the Valley and doing the work that you were set on this earth to do at the beginning, doing this social work piece. Are you excited about work now? Is it bringing you the kind of joy you need or is the balance between the work and the gym at a little bit? Is that the balance that you have been looking for? What do you think's going on now with health and finding that balance now that you are transitioning full circle? You know, I feel like um, me going back to this almost was like a little bit of an internal challenge for myself. Like me saying, okay, you burnt out last time because you didn't have all the tools, right? Okay. Um, you took a break. Um, and so now I'm back and I almost use it as a little bit of a, like, I find myself questioning myself, getting, having more internal conversations with the work that I'm doing personally, but also like with my staff, like, okay, I've been there before where I watched it consume me. Um, how am I going to make sure that that doesn't happen to me again going forward? And can I use my experience and knowledge in both fields to kind of change the culture? Um, right. High stress, I mean, crisis intervention, trauma-related careers um, that you really see right now are being impacted. And I mean, like, Yes, I work for social, I work as a social worker. I work in, you know, child and family programs. Um, but I mean, there's so many of those social service, health service fields right now that are in complete crisis. Yes. Um, and it's because for so long, nobody addressed actually taking care of our employees or what that looked like or what that meant. And we see what's happening in the burnouts, in the health issues of our professionals in, and all of that. And so for me coming back, I mean, that wasn't the reason why I came back, but now that I am back, you know, um, so I do think that like I have kind of come full circle and I have that balance now where um, I love getting up in the morning and ensuring that that movement, that physical piece for the clients that I still train in the early mornings and some evenings. Um, but then in the day as well, like really being able to utilize all the other pieces of the, of health and like that holistic approach that I've learned over my journey in this industry and my own experiences um, and try to like really implement that in the, my, the culture of the career I'm working in as well. So um, yeah. It really scares me, you know, just how little um, our healthcare, our social services, the, you know, the RCMP, the nurses, the education system, if they all crumble because the employees do not have the tools that they need to survive and thrive in mm -hmm. those sort of stress-related careers, like what will our society turn into without those organizations? We need them. If we need them, we need the people. And if we need the people to be there and to stay there, they need to be healthy. So I, I truly believe that you are back because the group that you are leading as the supervisor 
is going to thrive under your leadership. They're going to be not just be in the daily grind and the surviving from one hour to the next. I believe you're going to lead them to being a thriving organization because as a grander society, we need that to happen. And I, and I hope that that can be a model that can be sort of the trickle effect of that model, I hope is what's happening. Like I hope you being on that stage as a bodybuilder and winning events as the leader in that particular arena is you're going to have just as much fame doing that kind of leadership with the Department of Social Services. Like I want in 10 years from now for people to be talking about how, well, Jill came back to work after being gone for a few years and she made this culture that just makes it so that we can all get up and come to work and be feeling amazing and better and healthy. That's what I think. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's, that's, you know, that's my agenda in a sense. Um, and I, I hope that, I mean, I, sometimes I, I feel like, you know, I might not see the change that I would, would want in my lifetime of doing this career. But, um, on the flip side of that, yeah, like it does, it doesn't take a lot for us to to make those small little changes. Mm-hmm. You said it last week when you came and presented to us, Holly, and I think a lot of that stuck is that like we don't need to make these drastic lifestyle changes, right? That in itself is overwhelming and anxious and stressful. Um, but like, so you know, if I can just my my goal is to just kind of start small and like yes. that education piece, like hey, like you know, we don't need the the when we're having our day like let's let's make breakfast instead of go out for breakfast as a team like those little tiny things um because that's another huge piece that I always say like if I could go back and things that I think are lacking in those health services and those social services industries is that we get all this training on how to do our jobs but nobody trained us on how to take care of ourselves so we can do the job right? yeah and that's exactly something that needs to be implemented going forward um, in all, I mean, it should just be, uh, uh, it should just be part of any career, right? Like, yeah. um, any job that's going to have any level of stress related to it, um, or crisis, that is something that should just be mandatory and it should maybe start at the, you know, even at your like educational level, right? Like I always yeah. say, social, the, the department of social services needs to start preparing social workers for the reality of what it's like in the real world once you get out of those classes because yeah so and- yeah and in in all the areas like i'm yeah going to be very i'm very fortunate that i get to work with a team of nurses and yeah. we're going to be doing some self care stuff and i get to work with the staff at the school and do self care stuff and those you know, just little wee tiny education pieces. But yeah, why why is it not part of our degree? I've always said that learning to photocopy properly and make proper booklets should be a class that you take at university, but also how to survive, yeah. you know, being a social worker or a teacher or a nurse. I don't know that we learn how to survive. We just learn how to do the job. And you're absolutely right. There's no point in learning how to do the job if you burn out in five years. We need yeah. to learn how to survive the job. Yeah. If there's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is grinding that grind besides just doing less, because that's a hard one for people to sometimes get their head around, even though it is 
really good advice. Is there one other piece of advice you would give somebody who doesn't know what they don't know and they are just grinding hard at their job and not loving it and not wanting to get up every morning and do that over and over? What is a great piece of advice that you could give? I honestly, I think, and I'm going to steal from you, Holly, because you, I've always been on the same page with you, but you presented to us last week and you made a comment that um, is something that literally leads the forefront of why I work out right now, why I make sure I get sleep, why I make sure I go outside for fresh air walks, why I really focus on what the things I put into my body and, and I'm doing the things that give me joy is because you asked us in that group setting, and I think this is a question that everybody should ask themselves is, what do I want to do when I am done with this career? When I get yeah. to a point where I no longer have to work, where I'm in retirement, where those types of things, right? What is it that I want to do? And then once you know that you have that, that what, what the things that you want to be doing in the ideal retirement, ask yourself, is what you're doing today, right now, in this moment, with this career, with this lifestyle, are you going to be able to do all those things, right? Yeah. And I think that is literally mind-blowing to a lot of people who have this big um, uh, fantasy, I want to say in a sense, of like, well, when I retire, I'm going to do all those things, right? I want to be that grandmother that runs around with my grandchildren outside on a farm or like is out there or traveling the world with my husband and hiking and all these things. That's, that's awesome. But can you, are you going to be able to do those things? Yeah. Then, based Yeah. On when people tell me that their big audacious dreams for after retirement, or if they won the lottery is to like whitewater raft and yet their knee, they also tell me that their knees hurt so bad and that they can hardly get out of their chair half the time. I'm thinking, I don't see whitewater rafting in your future. We got to do something different here. Or like the reality for some people is, you know, I say, even if it's just, do you want to see retirement? Because at the rate you're going right now, yeah. you're literally taking days off your life every day with the lifestyle that you're living. So you, yeah. you'll be lucky if you get to see retirement, right? And and so it's like, I guess my biggest piece of advice for people is to really like look at what it is that you want out of this life. And then are you doing those things right now that are conducive to achieving all those? And if you're not, what needs to change, right? Yeah. Maybe you hate your job, not because you hate the work you do, but you, you know, you hate the lack of exercise or the lack of time it creates for you. Okay. Well then start finding ways in which you can make small little changes. Right. And it can be something as simple as you get up half an hour earlier so that you can, walk around the block or you take your lunch breaks or you, you know, you, you fill up a water bottle. So you're actually drinking water, like all those little things. It doesn't have to be these huge drastic lifestyle overhauls all at once. That's not right. all or nothing. Cause if it's, you go in with an all or nothing, I guarantee you a hundred percent of the time you are going to end up with nothing because our bodies don't function like that. We can yeah. only go all in for so long before our bodies will just tell us no. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's like probably, All right. So just to recap, the best thing that you need to people that are listening, if they're still here after all of this 35 (laughs) minutes, what people need to know is that what do you want to do? If you won the lottery tomorrow and could go off and be retired, or if let's say you don't win the lottery, you, you retire at 65 and you have some big dreams of what that looks like. 
check yourself right now. Are you going to get there? Are you going to be able to live those dreams? And I sure hope you do. And if you don't, then little changes will definitely be the starting point. Just small steps. Exactly. Um, Is there anything else we should know about Jill Stinson and the journey that you have been on. I, I just excited to watch the next couple of years evolve. And I love that I get to live in a community that's going to be touched by the growth that you're always willing to achieve. So if, is there anything else I should give you the mic? No, I just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just as excited as you are for what I feel like I'm transitioning into the next phase of my life and what that looks like. Um, and no, I, I just want to say thanks so much for letting me be on here and I really appreciate it. And, and I mean, for as much as you say, I inspired you at the beginning there to take that next step. You're always someone who, and I'm, you're, you're always one of those, those faces and, or those familiar faces that I know that if I am needing a little bit of motivation or inspiration, you're always there for that Holly. So I appreciate that for you. And I think your community does too, because I've seen how much growth you have brought to that community and the people in that community. And so you should be very proud of that. Well, thank you. I am living my best life. I mean, there are days, of course, but I then I take a wellness day, sleep in a little bit and come back to living my best life. As far as I'm concerned, we were trading jobs around here the other day and Corey thought maybe he wouldn't be the vice principal for a day. He'd go and be a pharmacist for the day. And the pharmacist thought maybe they would go and do something else for the day. And I'm like, I am not putting my keys in this pot. I have the best job and I'm not trading with any of you. So yeah. (laughs) So thank you very much for being on the Monday Matters podcast. And I'm sure I will be seeing you around. Okay. Thanks. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review, and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listen to or want more info, reach out and send her a message at K2 Health with Holly on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners. See you next time.